On today's episode of Tell Me What You Know, it's 100 seconds to midnight, or at least that's what the folks behind the Bulletin of the Atomic Scientists say anyway. We're talking about the Doomsday Clock, a metaphorical icon symbolizing how long humanity has until we're all incinerated by nuclear bombs or succumb to unlivable climate change. Learn a little about the creation of the clock as well as global events that have impacted changes in the countdown. It's Threat Level Midnight here on Tell Me What You Know. What's going on, everybody? Today is Thursday, December 17th, I think, and this is episode 32 of season two of Tell Me What You Know. We are cruising right along. Um, just really plowing through these topics these days. Today we're going to talk about uh, the end of the world, basically. That's end right. Of humanity, the doomsday clock, to be more specific. Yeah. How much time we all have left until we blow each other up or we die because of... Uh, Irreversible climate change, or uh, we're all just consumed with horrible nanotechnology that just eats us from the inside out. Disruptive technology. Yeah. Or I if think we, this, we get this, murdered by robots or zombies or something. Yeah. It's kind of a fun little topic. Yeah, super fun. Let's all just uh, think about our, our <laughs> impending doom and demise. That's this right. Great. That's right. Happy holidays. Uh, before we jump into <laughs> it, let's talk about what we learned this week. Michael, go ahead, if you will. Uh. One thing I learned is that humans are descended, they think are descended from fungi. Mm. That fungi is a common ancestor. And if you look at the cells of fungi, uh, they can look very similar to a human cell. Um, Obviously, there's huge differences, but... um, Like what? (laughs) Well, it's... it's, it's, uh, I just realized that we're a lot more connected than, than we might seem. And also that fungi might be a lot more complex then we sort of think about it. It's not just like a, um, you know, just a multi-celled organism that does nothing. It might be a little bit more. I, I, I think some people, I won't make the claims right now because I'm not educated about it, but some people could even go as far to say that fungi are sentient and somehow like aware. Mm. Um, anyways, definitely interested in learning more about, about fungi. Very Mushrooms. cool. Yeah. Okay. Well, I fell into a rabbit hole this week. Uh, do you know what Findom is? Findom? Findom. F-I-N-D-O-M. No. Financial domination. <laughs> so it's. I've heard of I, Femdom. Like, yeah, this is fit. Findom. F-I-N. Okay. Um, I guess it falls into like some category of, uh, of fetish. Uh, anyway, the Doms, D-O-M-M-E, they find people to be their subs, their submissives, right? Mm-hmm. And the sub- I guess the subs get satisfaction by being financially dominated by the dom. So they just buy things for these people. And a lot of times they never even have any contact with this person. They just like, you know, will fulfill their Amazon wish list or they'll just send them money. So and- who's in this instance, the dominator is the person receiving the gifts. Correct. And the sub is the person buying the gifts. Sending money, buying gifts, buying meals, but like not ever really having any... I mean, I guess sometimes you could have some kind of actual human interaction with them. Right. Um, but, this, but I mean, their kink is to just buy shit for people that they they don't really know, right? I guess they get off on just spending their money on... Like just being told they have to spend their money right. on these people. And so like... Folks can make it's like they're make a career out of it, out of like 
doesn't just, that seem like a i mean it's like a dude that that seems like a a I weird excuse websites for training materials on how to become a successful dom basically how to make it your career i mean i guess it's great to put a little extra change in your pocket especially maybe during quarantine or during a pandemic around the holidays even isn't it just conning people i don't understand it enough it seems like that from the outside that's for sure right, right? like well it's not i don't know if it's you're, you're not you're giving them what they want no, no no i don't mean to say that it's con and that somebody isn't aware of the of what's really going on it seems like they're being just kind of upfront with the fact that that they want to get taken care of oh dude the videos are like um, hey bitch uh i want a new macbook pro this one's not good enough for me anymore buy it for me now and the person's like yes princess and then buys them whatever they want <laughs> Dude, I That's fell into this insane. deep Twitter rabbit hole of Findom, and it's all, you know whose fault it is? It's Patagonia's fault, and I'm going to tell you why. I was on the Patagonia website. Uh-huh. I came across a tab called Warnware, which is where people can send in their like old Patagonia stuff, and mm-hmm. they'll like refurbish it and resell it, mm-hmm. and they'll give you like a credit to their website or whatever, to their store if you send something in. They're like, follow hashtag Warnware on Twitter or go to our Instagram, Warnware. So I went to the hashtag Warnware on Twitter just to see people like just see some stories because I, I actually ended up buying a I got like a nano puff jacket for like 60% off and it said it was in excellent condition. So I'm wondering if it's gonna be good. Anyway, hashtag Warnware is also shared by people who will sell articles of clothing they have worn like pantyhose or socks to people that want to buy that kind of stuff. So it's like definitely a, a hashtag crossover that maybe Patagonia should have researched a bit more unless it's right. just been co-opted by these people. I don't know. Could, yep, could be. Uh, and so when I was on that Warnware hashtag, I did see a lot of Patagonia stuff, but I also saw a lot of other things <laughs> that were super interesting. And somehow, uh, like clicked, you know, a few clicks later, I'm on, I'm in like, I'm in Findom Twitter and it is wild. That's absolutely <laughs> it is, insane. It is nuts. It's, uh, it's, I have a hard time wrapping my head around stuff that happens on the internet like that. Yeah. You know? So, like, yeah, I mean, that could be a whole show for us, but yeah. That could be a whole topic in and of uh, itself. I, it's you, you know, you you look up an hour and a half later, you're like, "What the hell have I been reading for the last hour?" You you got to think the 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 subs must be pretty um, uh, inclined to keep that private, right? Like, I was just trying to think through, like, "Hey, wouldn't it be interesting to interview a a, a sub or a yeah, dom? I, I mean, both." Yeah, and hear like, "Why the hell are you doing this?" Yeah, why are you letting know. this? I mean, it's, I know why one of them is doing it. You free shit. Oh yeah, I get that <laughs> all the time. I get that, but that just seems odd. It seems like yeah. somebody's in an abusive relationship, and somebody needs to step in and be like, "Hey, you don't need to take this." Yeah, you're that's worth, what it seems. You're worth more but than that. That's what it seems. But this is like both parties are getting out of it exactly what they want, from what I from what I can tell. That's crazy. Yeah, it's findom. Put it on our our tell me what you know list. Yeah, list of possibilities. So with that being said, let's get into how humanity is going to just let's talk about the end of the world, end of the world, the doomsday clock. How close are we to midnight, Michael? 100 seconds. We're a hundred. We're a minute and 40 seconds away from disaster. That is right. What is the doomsday clock? Yeah. The doomsday clock is a metaphor. It's a metaphor. Yep. And it symbolizes basically the likelihood of a man-made global catastrophe uh, to happen. Right. It's a metaphor for the threats to humanity from unchecked scientific and technical advances where midnight equals catastrophe. Um, 
there's a group of scientists. I guess it started with the Chicago atomic scientists who were all members of the Manhattan project or a lot of them were that. Yes. So like in 1947, after, you know, the first atomic bombs had been created and used, they created the Chicago atomic society and they started publishing the bulletin of atomic scientists. And each year in January, they give an update or they assess the situation of the world and say, and, and so the time to disaster is measured in minutes. In 1947, it opened up at seven minutes to midnight. This was right after, you know, the bombs in Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Right. Uh, right they before. realized the uh, <clears throat> implications of the invention. Right. Yeah. This is right before, I guess, Russia started meddling around with uh, atomic power, energy, and all that kind of stuff as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess like right now, what the, the biggest threats are currently are, are like nuclear annihilation and irreversible climate change, I guess, is what they're yeah, they, now. I, it seems like the nuclear part of this is definitely the main driver of, yeah. of, uh, the, of doomsday. But they've added climate change and the risk of climate change um, in 2005, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, to this list, and, and I, I'm not sure when they added this like disruptive technology, AI yeah. or something like that. Probably when uh, Elon it. Musk was developed in a lab. That's probably when they started. Right, right there. Stuff. Yeah, they started adding things to these um, potential potential dooms makers. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, I mean, I thought it was pretty interesting that, or I, let me put it this way: I like how they updated every year, or sometimes they just say that you know, nothing's changed, but hey, we need to watch out for this, that, and the other. Um, but I like how it'll move away from midnight. You know, I, I yeah. like how it's not just like a total countdown where they're just always, they, they, like they're never acknowledging good things that can happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've noticed that they've, they've, they've actually gone away from midnight, you know, uh, seven times in the past. And it has actually gotten as far away as 17 minutes in 1991 with the fall of the Berlin Wall in 89 and and George H.W. Bush and Mikhail Gorbachev signed a bunch of treaties uh, to limit nuclear test programs and to pull a lot of tactical nuclear weapons out of uh, out of different regions. It, it went to 17 minutes. Uh, it didn't stay there for that long, but um, they acknowledged, hey, you know, humanity came together and seems to be cooperating and, you know, working to de-escalate things. Um, so, so I like how they, they, they do acknowledge good things that can happen in the world. Yeah, it was, so it started at uh, the original Doomsday Clock was seven minutes. And then it kind of just fluctuates back and forth based on what kind of crises are happening in the world. It is interesting. They only do it in January. So if you look at like, you know, the closest we were ever to nuclear war, the Cuban Missile Crisis, that mm-hmm. all started kind of climaxed and was resolved within the year. So it wasn't and it didn't have any effect on the clock itself. Right. But, you know, you have like in 53, it went to two minutes down from seven minutes because of the we started testing hydrogen bombs. And then, like you said, in 91, 17 minutes, the Cold War ended. They started reducing nuclear arsenals. And then in 2018, uh, there was tons of fears over like a U.S.-North Korean conflict, nuclear war happening there, as well as, you know, the compounding of the climate crisis. So I guess now with the pandemic added to that this year in January – uh, they've moved it to a hundred seconds. Um, yeah. I wonder with like all the vaccines and everything, what's going to happen next month. Well, I, I don't know. You know, the, 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 the virus doesn't offer like a, a existential threat the way 
these other things that they're talking about are. I I, I do see that they sort of um, bring up different issues like COVID-19, like like the coronavirus or cybersecurity as like tangential accelerators that right. can help or, or, you know, push humanity into one of these nuclear crises or something like that. Yeah. Um, well, so, I mean, it, the thing about this as well is it's super subjective, which is right. why it, gets, it catches a lot of flack, I think. Well, I was going to bring up kind of talking about, you know, who sets the time. Like, right. for, for a long time, it was just, um, I think, set by the editor of the, of the magazine, of the, of the Bulletin of the Atomic Scientists. Yeah. Um, Eugene Rabinov- Rabinovich. Um, he, he did it up until 1973 when he died. And then the Bulletin has a science and security board who took over the responsibility of, um, you know, setting the clock. And they meet twice a year, it seems, yeah. to, to do it. Right. They meet twice a year. They deliberate. They talk about what's going on in the world. And I guess they come to an agreement. But it's still like a subjective Totally. point of view from however many people there are there totally i mean what does 100 seconds mean versus two minutes i mean yeah. it's very close it's just um the the you have you kind of have to know what the previous time was in order for the current time to make sense yeah i mean if you there's I mean? like you know arms arms treaties or if there's uh you know like end of like somebody pulls troops out or a war ends or whatever it's going to drop back if obviously threats are high and tensions are high it's going to move forward uh, we see like what this recently discovered Russian hack that's been going on. Have you seen this as well? Like for yeah. the last 69 months, apparently I've had access to a lot of information. Right. I mean, that could also Im- influence, I think, the decision next year for sure. Because I think one of the biggest or one of the I was just looking up like doomsday threats in general. And they kind of break them down into like anthropogenic and, and non-anthropogenic stuff. So like anthropogenic being like artificial uh, intelligence, biotechnology, cyber attacks, nuclear war, global warming, that kind of stuff, or man-made climate change versus the non, which would be like, you know, an asteroid impact or uh, aliens, hostile aliens taking over right, super uh, volcanoes, super volcano, yeah. uh, other cosmic threats, like some kind of giant magnetic, basically a giant EMP that will just knock out electric electrical grids mm-hmm. all over the place, that kind of mm-hmm. thing. But like the cyber attack stuff, I mean, if somebody were to shut down or completely ruin our electrical grid, it would just be chaos. Right. So yeah. It's like, it's going to, it would, it would seem that it would be something that we could work through, but it, it might be something we can't get through. Yeah. Um, like on their website in the first paragraph of um, their op-eds that they seem to be writing, they seem to release a magazine, a digital magazine once every quarter. Fun fact. They were one of the first print publishers to go completely digital in hmm. like 2007. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I like a lot of the stuff that I read on their website through this. So if you have some time, you can visit the bulletin.org and yeah, uh, do you can check out reading. the clock. Yeah. Um, and they actually have a, a exhibit like a museum in Chicago. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that you can visit as well. And they also do like symposiums. I think they have like, you know, they're open to the public. You can come and hear experts talk and they probably have like themes around their conferences or whatever. And that kind of thing as well. Kind of has like a Ted quality to it. Yeah, it's like this year we're talking about art and destruction. <laughs> <laughs> right. That kind of stuff. Um, but I like the way they put it in this first paragraph. They, they said, humanity continues to face two simultaneous existential dangers, nuclear war and climate change. 
that are compounded by a threat multiplier, cyber-enabled cyber information warfare that undercuts society's ability to respond. The international security situation is dire, not just because these threats exist, but because world leaders have allowed the international political infrastructure for managing them to erode. And I think that that's a great way to, to put where we are. You know, all of these, you know, if it's, it's, a, if it's a human-made crisis, that seems like it's supposed to be something that, um, you know, humans should be able to respond to and say, hey, let's not destroy the world, right? If only they could agree on it. Yeah. Um, <sighs> they, on their website, they have a dashboard, and I thought the dashboard was pretty cool. Um, it, like, lays out some different f- facts and figures about um, the CO2 in the atmosphere has a little graph since it was uh, measured, and... And also the amount of nukes that are in the world. Did you see no. this graph? No, I'm looking for it now. But tell me about the amount of nukes. Yeah, so it it it, it goes through uh, you know since 1945 and nuclear weapons were were invented um, through till today. And its height in its height there were 64,449 nuclear weapons uh, in the all the arsenals in the world. I, I think you could pretty much guarantee that that's all. Russian and U.S. stockpiles. Then, uh, since this, since 1980, this was in 1986 when the most nuclear weapons existed. 1986. Yeah. After 1986, yeah. After 1986, we're on a decline, yeah. and we're currently looking at about 9,400 nuclear weapons in 2017. Yeah. So I had a question that it's like, how many nuclear weapons would have to go off? In order for the world to end, and there was a study that was written, um, and it it said that the they called it the pragmatic limit, meaning in order to maintain mutually assured destruction, MAD, uh, all you need in your in your arsenal is 100 nukes. <laughs> if you blow up 100 nukes in the world, it will essentially, you know, uh, disrupt the climate and will basically push the the earth into nuclear winter uh temperatures would plunge nothing would grow anymore and essentially everything would die um that is crazy that you can i mean just think about 65,000 nukes in 1986 you could blow up the world 650 times essentially and now we're looking at at you know being able to do it almost 100 times is might be a dumb question is a nuke in 1986 as strong as a nuke in 2020 uh, I Maybe think it's reliable, but probably the same kind of explosive power. I I, no, no, I mean, I don't, I, I think it'd be interesting to hear about um, like innovations in nuclear tech, but like, I think they've just gotten bigger. I mean, like how many X, um, you know, Nagasaki's, Hiroshima's, however they calculate it yeah. um, in megatons, you know, I, I, I don't think it's like you, I don't think it's possible to wrap your head around that kind of explosion. Right. Um, but they've got to be bigger. Um now than they than they were then but i also think they're the they launch those missiles and each missile has like x number of nuclear warheads on it on the icbms Mm. so you can you know launch one missile and have like 12 warheads on it or something so you could attack 12 different cities with one missile it's just that's crazy it's just crazy though that the amount of um thought went into all of this to just destroy the world 
Yeah, I'll definitely. Yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? Like how much, how, how much human capital went into just thinking about this over yeah. the last 75 years? It's kind of yeah, nuts. This is crazy. This website's got a lot of really interesting stuff on it. I mean, uh, it, it also lists that the USA has had 46 nuclear weapons stolen. 46 that's almost half of what you would need to destroy the world <laughs> yeah that's all i mean there was only like six seasons of 24 that, exactly there's 40 other seasons they could make <laughs> bauer get on it man the suitcase nuke has been stolen again again <laughs> it's crazy it is nuts um, uh, what else you got well, I, I was also going to bring up one thing I saw recently. This was very recent. Um, in November, on November seventeenth, the U.S. successfully shoots down an ICBM uh, on a from a warship. So this was basically saying, like, hey, if nuclear, if North Korea decides to launch a nuclear weapon at us, or China, say, mm-hmm. uh, could we shoot it down? And um, this was sort of the the ultimate dream of Ronald Reagan and you know his war games, Star Wars that he wanted to do. Um, that's like basically what he was talking about. Like we need to dominate um, space so that we can shoot down nuclear weapons that are coming at us. Right. But essentially that compromises mutually assured destruction and actually pushes you closer to nuclear war. Because if if one side is like, hey, we can kill you and we can shoot down all the missiles you shoot at us, it makes it like more tenable. I'm not, this is like a weird argument to make, but it's like it makes it more likely that you'll fire your missiles at them. Um, and so like disrupting that balance is, is pretty dangerous. And I wonder if in January they'll talk about that. Um, cause I know that that's always been a huge, um, you know, negotiating point that we would always use like, Hey, we're not going to continue researching how to shoot down missiles coming in from outer space. And Russia's like, I don't know if I believe you, we're going to keep our missiles in whatever country and, and you know, negotiations stall. Right. But, um, but pretty interesting. Something to keep an eye on. Yeah. No. Do you know when the, when they're going to have their next, I don't, I saw it, it the was last... January 23rd this year. Yes. So I would be imagine in, be in January, but I just don't know when exactly. I would also bet they do it virtually. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm for sure. They, uh, I think they stream a lot of this stuff on their website. And the, presentation they did last year or like the beginning of this year seemed to be kind of like a national press club or maybe something in yeah. Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Looks like it. Interesting. Yeah. Um, well, cool. So, uh, for today's draft, that's right. We are going to talk about if you were, well, so here's how I took it. The last, <laughs> if you're the last person, <clears throat> If you're assumed to be the last person on earth, what are the five things you would want to have with you? <laughs> Looking at my list. <laughs> uh, it could, I think maybe you, you at first thought we were, well, I mean, we, we, that's what I thought. Michael thought if, what would we take into the bunker with us? But I think maybe we got on the same page before we did this. So anyway, what are the five things you would want to have access to? Uh, if you were if the you only were, surviving, if, if you thought as you know, and you're in, as far as you know, you're the only person alive. Right. So I go first. Yeah, you go first. All right. I'm going to take the James Bond box set. <laughs> oh, Jesus. You're dead. 
Humanity will never live on. Might as well take this anthology of Tell Me What You Know. Uh, hey, trade trade me for it. What are you going to do with that James Bond box set? Are you going to loot a Best Buy? I'm just going to watch it all the time. Yeah, I guess what? I would need a DVD player. <laughs> and it's probably a TV. And a TV. I guess I didn't think that, that part through. <laughs> okay, Although, let's, maybe you could go loot a Best Buy and get the TV. Right. You probably let, couldn't let, get you couldn't get the James Bond box set from that Best Buy, probably. Let's just say, Michael, that we have a TV. Okay. Like <laughs> okay. we have a TV that you you were able to steal from somebody's house and you got a generator and you're siphoning uh gasoline. Yeah. And and you, you can you can turn on a television. Let's put it this way. If you're the last person on earth, it's way easier to find the television than it is to find the box set, James Bond DVD box set. <laughs> so yeah. I'll give you that. You can find the television somewhere. That's right. I in in my movie, I'm the guy walking around just like, oh, I found Goldfinger. I, I'm like piecing it together. Right. Yeah. Okay. Mine's not as good as that, but um, I'm gonna take uh, an airplane with all the manuals and learning materials for it. <laughs> so very I smart. How to fly. Very and smart. I can go wherever I want to in the world. Yep. Um, nothing too big. Just like, well, I don't know. I I would find out what the best airplane is. That can go far, and it's not really big. You want like a Gulfstream, like yeah, a, something like a G five, G G six fifty, yeah, whatever, G eight. Yeah, go yeah. on down to South Carolina, steal you one. Right. Yeah. Okay. Number two, uh, one of those straw things that turns any water potable. <laughs> so you can like just go drink out of puddles and be fine. like a straw with a carbon filter at the top yeah. of it. Yeah. 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 Nice. So those, are my, those are my first two. You're, you're really caring about surviving. Well, the airplane. So I can go play like all the golf courses. Oh yeah. That's a good idea. <laughs> no weights. Yeah. You have to go really fast. Otherwise like they all get overgrown. Right. Uh, but you won't have to worry about them punching the greens, which is nice. Oh, that's true. Shit. The golf courses would get. Yeah. You, yeah. You'd mm. have to go to Augusta like first. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, all right. With my next pick, I'm going to choose Sriracha. Okay. <laughs> uh, it'll make everything good yeah. or better. Right. You know, if you're eating some you tree bark, yeah, some tree bark or a squirrel, you better spice radioactive it up. Radioactive squirrels with sriracha on it. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe the sriracha is radioactive. Mm. Or maybe we're all radioactive. All right. Yeah, Fair we're enough. just rubbing our radioactive bodies together. Yeah. Um, and another thing, I don't really know how I would take this, but I'm gonna kind of call it back from from last episode. In and Out Burger. <laughs> okay. I don't know how. I, I don't know if that means to your point, like. I, one in and out burger is like I have it set up and I'm every position. Yeah. <laughs> but like the boilers fire up. Uh, I've got enough potatoes. Like a year supply potato. of goods yeah. in there? Yeah. Okay. So that, that's my that's my third pick. Nice. Uh, my third pick, uh, I'm going with a dog. Man, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's a great pick. Taking a dog. A puppy, preferably. So I have at least like, you know, 15 years with it. Yeah. And I train it to like be like to, to defend me as well mm-hmm. so yeah it's a dog is is this kind of also inspired because you've recently joined a dog a puppy list like a, a wait have. list yes i'm getting a congratulations dog. Uh, it'll be a while but um i am on the list all good things require yeah. a little wait a little patience yeah yes and this is the dog's gonna be with me as the only other person on earth so that's right uh it's worth the wait uh number four i'm taking a uh a really, really, really nice bicycle with a sidecar for my pup. I thought about, you know, <laughs> uh, like cars and stuff, but those, you know, you got to have gasoline or you got to have it like if you get a Tesla, you got to have like some kind of source for them. 
bicycle, you can just run it till the wheels fall off, basically. That's that is true. So go with a really nice bicycle. But you, th- I think getting uh, getting gasoline out of other cars will be super easy. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Well, I would just the bicycles for when I've run out of cars to steal gasoline from, and when the you know the Exxon runs out and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, good pick. Thanks. I'm gonna go uh, with my fourth pick, an Xbox Series X. <laughs> uh, How much? T- you put a lot of time into this list. Tons of time. Yeah. Tons of time. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You, you need some way to you know keep yourself busy. Sure. Keep yourself engaged. Hundred percent. I agree with that. Yeah. And then do I go with my last pick? Yeah, you have your last pick here. All right. Um. trying to th- I'm trying to see if I have just a, a last minute sub I can I can think of because I don't love this pick so for these I almost like thought like you know what would you take on a desert on a desert island with you right. but it's not the same because you can you can access a lot of this stuff but I still kind of went at it with that mentality right what would I need <laughs> just a ton of booze I mean that would that would really help um ah I'll just go with this. Okay. I, I I would like to have like a hard drive or like a, comu- a computer with a hard drive with just like a full internet backup on it. Mm. Of like, I know that they have some backup of every, you know, like um, GitHub is like a developer's resource where like people can put their projects. Yeah. And they have just a full backup of everything in GitHub. Yeah. And so um, I would like to have just a full internet backup so I could still... Or at the very uh, least, uh, all know, of the YouTube learn videos. stuff. All the yeah, all the YouTube videos. So, like to your point about learning how to fly a plane. Yeah, you know, like what if you need to, you know, whatever. I mean, how do you learn to do anything these days? You go type I, it. I in, go how, to how do I blank on Google, and yeah. it tells you. I know some people that are like doing some pretty big undertakings, big projects. Yeah, just using YouTube as like building decks and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, pretty impressive though. All of our construction listener and be like well it's not that hard to build a deck <laughs> it is for me yeah uh all right final pick i'm taking several logs of grizzly wintergreen uh <laughs> i'm working on quitting and cutting back now but if i'm presumed to be the last person on earth i am dipping until my jaw falls off <laughs> so that'll be my fifth and final pick you'll just fully dip yeah all the time uh did you ever see the last man on earth no Oh, so good. Is that Will Arnett? Yeah, no, yes. Uh, no, it's not Will Arnett. Um, no, other guy, Forte. Forte, Will Forte. Will Forte. So good. Okay. I can't, it, it, it's like, it shouldn't be that good, but it's so good. Yeah. I definitely recommend it. I was talking to Scott before we recorded this, and he uh-huh. was telling him what we were doing, and he was like, well, you got to have, like, you know, a gun. I was like, well, yeah, if you're the only person, he's like, oh, too. no, there's, there's always others. So. <laughs> Right. That's a good point. There's probably you're probably not the only person left, so you probably do need some kind of protection. That's why yeah. I have a dog though. It also would be so much fun to just have a huge gun and just like you know, go and shoot, shoot it around. Yeah, just yeah. kind of for fun. Yeah. I don't know. Awesome. Yeah. Well that's the doomsday clock. And that's our list of what we would have if we were the last people on earth. <laughs> James Bond DVDs and all. That's right. Um You got anything else before we wrap up? I don't think so. I'm. Uh, do you think that the clock is going to go move closer to midnight or stay the same this year? I don't know. I mean, I think that the vac like so pan like pandemics are 
a factor in these things. But yeah. They're not like the driving stuff is still like nuclear war and climate change. And I don't actually, I mean like with, I think climate change maybe took a step back with just like the lack of people doing stuff this year. Totally. Like it went in the right direction. So I could see it going, mm. I could see us gaining some time in January with the vaccine as well, but maybe the vaccine's a bad thing. Maybe we're going to start getting back out in the world and start repolluting and stuff. I have no idea how these scientists think. Uh, yeah. I think we will, I think we will not be any closer to midnight after this. Yeah. hundred seconds is pretty close. Yeah. They might drop it to a minute though. I could see them kind of making a statement and being like, Hey, we really need to do something this year well, because, because one, one viewpoint you could have is that, Hey, we, 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 you know, voted Trump out. Mm. and maybe this is like a, hey, let's everybody come together, cooler heads. We got to come together and work together, um, got compromise, and it's like this is our opportunity. Like we, we, we kind of looked at something pretty scary, and now we've got this opportunity to kind of like step back and be like, hey, we, we should really come together and compromise. Who knows? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. We'll see what they have to say. Yeah. Also. I need to do more research on these guys as to where I fall in terms of how much I believe what they're saying. <laughs> well, it's a lot of Nobel laureates. Yes, so it's a lot of smart guys. They're, they're good pretty smart. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, that's going to wrap up today's episode. Uh, everybody have a great weekend. Have an, uh, are we gonna, should we take the next two weeks off? <laughs> uh, we'll Since let Christmas, you know. Christmas yeah, I, and New Year's are both on. Maybe we can do it for next week. Christmas yeah. Day launch. If there, was a, if there was a clock that was predicting whether or not we continue doing tell me what you know i would put us at about 10 minutes continuing you mean the next two weeks the next two excuse me yeah yes. the next two weeks 10 minutes yeah do we need, do we need to have a talk off air here <laughs> are we done with the show no no no, no. oh yeah. that's what oh, i no. mean we're, we're we're like hundreds of years away from, yeah. from if, ever if, stopping tell me if, what you know. if midnight means uh no show i would put us at like eight seconds to midnight for the next two weeks <laughs> just so everybody out there is aware of what's happening Christmas is on Christmas and New Year's both on Fridays this year yeah I know we'll see uh, I'm just trying to be real with our with our listeners maybe there. we'll try to drop a quick something maybe we alright here's here's what we'll do we will record something next week I don't know when it's going to drop yet yeah we'll record something next week that'll take us through into, two, into 2021 that's right alright awesome everybody have a great weekend have a safe holidays and a great new year and we will you'll hear from us in the next 10 to 12 days <laughs> we're like verizon getting back to you <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you're available from like eight to seven <laughs> on the next 10 days we will see you at some point there we'll see if we can get over to your house yeah. all, all right, right. see ya <laughs>